All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a end of the year. It's time to give out some grades. Report cards are coming out. Who is going to get the best score on the season? Also, we're going to catch up with good friend Steve O'Donnell joining us right here on Stacking Pennies. And, uh, hey, guys, just wanted to thank you, that all of you guys with Penny Stackers Week, because this year to date we have a million, I repeat, million downloads of Stacking Pennies. That is stacking some podcast listeners. So I appreciate you all. Let's get right into it. This is Stacking Pennies. <laughs> Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. All right, we're in it. Uh, I'm Corley Joy, and this is Stacking Pennies, joined by two, not three, of the band, usual band of characters. Ryan Flores is in Puerto Rico with his family. He was down there for a wedding. Uh, everybody else speaks Espanol down there, except for him, so I can only imagine how much fun Ryan's having. Probably a little lost. Uh, I know he drinks a lot of alcohol when he's down there to fit in. I feel I feel like he probably does speak pretty good Spanish whenever he's got a couple of drinks out. Not going to lie. To be a fly on the wall. Uh, Ch- Mr. Chuck Bush, to my right. Hello. I feel like you change your beard and hairstyle every week. Changed my whole look. You look great. Had a World War II thing going on, so I had to... Chop that, off the beard and is that chop what off people hair. look like in World War II? Well, they didn't have long hair, and they didn't really have beards. Beards weren't really uh, fashionable. Did you clean clean cut it? Yeah, yeah. yeah this now, is to grow back a little are bit. Are you making sure you're putting some honest Amish in that thing when it grows back? I need to. You should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also, Jonathan Merriman. How you doing? You said you were going to quit before the show started. No, I was just messing with you. Oh, don't play with my heart like that. Okay. People need your ice cold Blue Mountain take. Not going anywhere. Uh, and I guess... We're not going anywhere either. They're going to let us come back next year, unless we don't say anything dumb on this episode. Well, no guarantees. We're going to keep it between the We've bumpers. Still got time. <laughs> there is there is time, uh, no doubt. Um, I guess we're going to do a couple of these in the off season as well. We're going to do this one with OD. I'm trying to get Jimmy on the show. Trying. Now you would think this son of a is so busy. Now that he owns a Cup team, part time Indy car driver, part time NASCAR driver, full time dad. God knows what else Jimmy's doing. You would think he'd be able to scrape off a little bit of time to come in the studio with us. I'm gonna get him though. Yeah. This off season, that is my, uh, that's my goal. Also, I might be able to get Harvick on the show too. Who knows? Pulling in all the the heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't. Next year going to be Harvick's last year? Didn't he say that? Or he signed a one-year deal? And I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's I think it's assumed. It is assumed. Uh, so maybe he's got some news to share with us on the show. Who knows? Well, you know, speaking of news, you know whose first year, full-time year it's going to be? The worst-kept secret in the garage. Uh, your 2022 Xfinity Series champion, Ty Gibbs, will be driving, not the 18, he'll be driving the 54 uh, Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing. Car 54, where are you? What? Nobody will get that reference. It's an old movie and an old TV show. Yeah, that's so terrible. Just, yeah. That's terrible. There's like five old people that listen to the show that are laughing right now. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, who's the sponsor on? Did you see it? Uh, I don't know. I would imagine Monster Monster might be coming along. I don't know if they've announced that or anything. but I, think I don't did. have any insider information, but I know Monster's a, a big part of Todd's racing deal. So, congrats to him. He'll be... Uh, He's ready for the big show now. So, yeah, that was interesting to see. How long do they keep the 18 off the shelf, Chuck? I don't know. I mean, I, I think you let Truex finish his deal out yeah. and then you bring back that fourth car. I mean, what's the 19th Joe Gibbs Racing? 
the 18 is seems like to me it would carry a lot more. It's their first number. Yeah. I mean, I mean that is Joe Gibbs racing. The 18 and the 11. And Virtual. The, the 20 I associate more with, with Tony than, than Joe, but 18 and 11 are like. 18 is Joe. Yeah. That interstate batteries. For sure. Bobby Labonte. Hot Rod is definitely Joe Gibbs racing. So who? Let's just look way too far in the future. Too far in the future. Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball here of the future. When Martin Truex hangs her up, who do we think goes in that fourth? Nemechek's the only one in the TRD system that's ready. Right. Yes. But how, they could also, you know. Buy some guys out. Buy some guys out like Reddick. You don't know. I mean, a lot of things Red can Reddick. change in that amount. Like, how, how much larger Truex got, you know? One year. One year, you yeah. think? Yeah. I think one year and he's done. I think it was yeah. like pulling teeth to get him back to yeah. next year. Yes, John Hunter's certainly in the pipeline. But there's a lot of stuff that could happen between now and this time next year. If last year's any indication, don't count your chickens before they come home to roost or hatch or whatever they do. Yep, that's the saying. I believe it is. So, <laughs> Word for word. So we're going to do a little something a little, something a little special. I'm not the professor here. That is Chuck. <laughs> you, are the, you are the professor. Uh, I am the student. What uh, am I? You are the, brawny the man. guy wearing the dunce hat yeah. in the back corner. Class clown. The class clown. Yeah. Uh, in timeout, I thought it would be a good idea. Everybody likes to get a little report card, see where they're at. Not a progress report. Progress report would indicate how you are doing before the, I don't know, before the fourth quarter. But now the year is over, we can give out some grades, Chuck. Yeah. We don't really have a list of guys. Let's pick like 10 guys to give a grade to. You want to do – Let's start with the low-hanging fruit, shall we? Low-hanging fruit, the, the, the 22? Yeah. That, that's the lowest of the hanging fruit, right? Yeah, so I guess you can measure everybody up against the 22 with starting the year out with a dub at the Clash, instantly getting the nickname Next Gen Joe, and backed it up. Book ends the year, LA Clash, wins the championship, last race at Phoenix. I would give Joey a – I mean, you got to give him A plus to win the championship. I think he got a, a, a B plus on the season, but – Perfect score on the final exam and then average today. All right. I feel like – I like how you're serious you're yeah. taking this. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Because there was, a, there was a minute there. Ross Chastain had the most energy throughout the year. Couldn't finish outside, outside the top five. There was a moment where Chase looked like the strongest team and then tapered off in the playoffs. That's another good example. Chase probably got his progress reports. He was looking at a pretty good A in the playoffs. He got a B minus in the final exam, dude. B minus in the final B exam. B minus. Or you gonna give us? I C think that's being C plus. C minus D plus maybe. I think his average finish was what sixteenth in the playoffs. I think so. I mean, his playoff points like saved him and pushed him to every for sure. For I mean, sure. final he grade barely squeaked by. He did win Talladega, but I'm just final grade. The way the playoffs went, he's getting a C probably. Just Easy, be, Chuck. C's get degrees. So he, he did really well in the regular season. He's one of those guys you're like, oh yeah, this he's going to be on a heater. And then it was the playoffs were just kind of meh, not great, not bad. So I mean, I tried telling y'all, yeah. they were a little bit inconsistent. They weren't hitting on all eight cylinders. And he made it to it the final round, so he gets a you know he, he's getting that degree, right? It's a C, it's a solid C. It's not a bad, not a bad grade. Ross Chastain. <laughs> we were talking about Ross before the show. And I said it was like, yes, he had a great, you know, regular season and kind of came out of nowhere. But that last bit, it was kind of almost like, oh, hey, I forgot to study for this final exam and I'm going to pull an all-nighter <laughs> and turn it in. Here you go. Yeah. So he's that guy. And like he got a 100 on it. Yeah. Like talented guy, <laughs> but like didn't really prepare. It's like, 
I got to do something. He, okay, cool. He literally, like he, like he was the guy that like, a lot of extra didn't, do his, yeah. didn't do a science fair. Yeah, yeah. Didn't do a science fair project. Threw it together he, last minute. And makes the best volcano yeah. of all time that erupts. <laughs> and the entire school's like, yeah. It's a volcano with like a potato light bulb in there too. Yeah, like sure. Yeah. A watermelon seed. Yeah. See what I did there? Growing a little watermelon. So I would give, I'd give Ross a solid A. Yeah, for sure. Maybe even A+. plus. Yeah. My man runs second. In the championship. Yes. Who would have thunk it? It's a good payday. Oh, yeah. Ross Marks is definitely taking him to pizza and ice cream for his A+. Plus and I mean, definitely getting some DQ, bro, for sure. You look at the whole like the whole season, he's got two wins on the season, right? Yep. He's got 15 top fives and 21 top tens. Solid year. Solid year. Finished second in points. And some good headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the science fair project of the decade, bro. People are going to be talking about that for years to come drove like drove like a moose i mean i think we need to round out the championship four and take a look at christopher bell where you ranking him what's what's his grade man he he delivered when the pressure was on winning at the roval winning where else new hampshire new hampshire yeah martinsville yep uh win when needed to 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 advance because they were at the outside looking in and then they uh they got the job done i think another thing that it did for him is took him from the third, fourth car in camp to potentially now with Kyle Busch leaving, he's the first or second guy. I yeah. mean, he is one of the most experienced guys, consistent playoff contender. You definitely have to feel pretty good about where you're sitting as a driver being Chris Bell right now in that Toyota pipeline drivers, I would say. So I would give him a A-. minus, B plus. No, A. B plus. Bro, if you made the final championship four, you get an A. Yeah. I did give Chase Elliott a C for making it to the final four. Well, because we all thought he was going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christopher Bell was, I mean, he was flirting with a cutoff the regular season. Yeah. If it wasn't for New Hampshire, that kind of changed. That kind hey, of That's season. why the end of the year test, they carry a lot of weight. Whatever. You can around every week if you want to, but when they lay <laughs> that big paper in front of you, you got to execute. When, where, where was it that you know, he finished 10th in the final race, right? Bell? Yeah, but I mean, so his yeah, rear tire changer or carrier did. Zip ties hand to the yeah brake but, rotor yeah but they but overcame some obstacles there at the end I mean sure. he, you know I, I I like the that throw out, throw, out, throw out some throw out some other names throw out some other names what about Bubba McDowell Wallace. Bubba Wallace Bubba Wallace Ooh. where are you going yeah, I mean you said seeds get degrees I feel like Bubba had a barring Vegas had a pretty good year. Bubba had a B year, B B plus year. He had a he had a B B minus year. Yeah, but you also have to take in consideration he was able to push that forty five through that owners championship a little bit more too. So it's not just based off the the one win. So Val, I mean, he he does have a he does have playoff stuff to grade himself on. But he also, I mean, he was in contention to win Michigan. There had the best car. Uh, I think is that where that's where Harvick got him at the end. Um, he also so lost yeah. his mind at Nashville on the on the radio. Yeah, he overcame that. So like, and there was a time. I mean, there was a six eight week stretch where Bubba was on a heater, bro. He yeah. he was running really good, especially after they announced TR coming for the the team car. Oh, Bubba pulled him tight and got on the stick a little bit. I'm gonna give Bubba a. B my B. I'm gonna give him a B on the year. I, I like the B. B's a good B. B's a good grade there. Now let's let's take B a look at Bubba. let's take a look at his owner, the eleven of Denny Hamlin. You know that's someone that at the beginning or not beginning of the year, but during the year we're like this guy. It's Denny's year. It's Denny's year. Denny's gonna do it. And then he was a hail melon away from 
Who knows? Being in contention to do Being it. Being in, know. giving himself a 25% chance of getting the job. Yeah. What do you win? Three times, got one taken away at Pocono. Two um, wins. Um, officially. Yes, officially two yeah. wins. Um, 16 top tens, 10 top fives, five I mean, he's consistent. Wins. He was always there. Even when they missed it, I feel like he still kind of clawed their, their way back in. But we expect a lot out of Denny. He's a consistent guy, been doing it a long time. You expect to see him contend for championships and wins on a weekly basis. I'd say Denny. I give him B. Denny probably had an A season, but he had a couple group projects that didn't come through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Maybe stay oh, up a yeah, little bit. The pit crews and the, the tape on the grill or tape yeah. on the nose. So, yeah, he had a couple group projects. He did his part. He did. Couple couple partners in his group let him down. They didn't yeah, do yeah. their they didn't carry their weight. Yep. That's that, that's a good way to put it. I can tell you made all the excuses <laughs> in high school as to why you didn't get good grades. Hey, I had an A. Who uh, else we got, Chuck? Who average. else we think? I mean, RFK. We, RFK and then just as a whole or yeah. Chris Busher? Or do you want to go Chris Busher, B minus year, B-minus? C plus year. Yeah. Yeah. Big dub at Bristol. Look, they they started they had negative points coming out of the gate because of all the Yeah, they were failing. Yeah, they were until not. about the summer stretch. Uh, that's you a say they're failing, or were they trying and they just got caught trying? I, I mean, uh, you, I can, you can guess C on your SAT all the way down the <laughs> thing, and you still, you know, come You're out. You're going to get a third of them, yeah. right, probably. Yeah. But I think they really underwhelmed this year, and they were also not consistent. Yeah. I mean, there was times where – I mean, it, was, it seemed like every second, third week, I was running in front of them. Their, that's not an excuse. Their playoff run, I would give them a – I'd give them a B – but for the year, C minus. No. A C for Christopher, not no. Chris. Wait, dude, they finished the year. Like, <laughs> let me brag. Got DQ'd at Martinsville, 26th. but like sixth. Like they were really inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, that six and the seventeen did not. Busher finished the season twenty first. Kozlowski twenty fourth. Yeah, but when's the when's the last time that that Roush has had a season where they even had more than one shot at a win? I mean, you saw some glimpses of greatness. And some uh, potential out of RFK, but it wasn't consistent enough to get a decent grade. C minus. C minus. Okay. I think for the RFK camp. Track house. I mean that, that that's an A, right? Yeah, that's an A. What else we got? Uh, Kevin Harvick. <sighs> See, it's hard to weigh your expectations versus what actually happened, right? right. Because I thought that. Harvick was going to have a hard time transitioning to the new tire, to the new car. He's been doing it for, I don't know, two decades now. Guys coming in with limited experience probably have a lesser lesser habits to unlearn and relearn than Harvick did. He went from winning nine races two years ago to no. struggling to get one yeah. this year. It's not the fact that he can't do it anymore. We know he can get the job did done. Did he win back-to-back this year? No? Stuart Haas overall. Yes. He got besides – Besides the Cinderella story that Chris uh, Chase Briscoe tried going on towards towards the playoff there, I did I don't think they had a great season. B minus for Stuart Haas. I feel like they didn't they didn't have a lot of speed. I think that's a gracious grade. Do you think yeah. so? C yes. plus? I think C plus. Again, you know, they had those moments where it was like, Oh yes, this is the SHR of old and then it just it was not fully there. Uh, yeah. But like you said, Harvick Ryan Blaney. Ooh. Why you laugh, bro? Just because I like to give Skip a hard time. He's not even here to give a hard time I, to. I take no prisoners on that. He talks about me when I'm not here. So, <laughs> you know. 
What do you do? Listen, you listen to the podcast when you're out there? Uh, <laughs> this is a podcast? Yeah, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought this was live. <laughs> uh, did, Ryan Blaney. Did he have the most stage wins? Nine. Anybody? Yes. Nine stage wins. So, yeah. He had the uh, least amount of race wins of anybody, though. <laughs> With, well, not, the, not of anybody. <laughs> there were a lot of people that had zero. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, there was. Yeah, yeah. There was however many. Technically. 42 minus 19. Is. I'll say it since Skip's not here. He did win the All-Star race. So he did win. Okay. In the year. But it's yeah. not a points paying race. No. So. That's like winning field day. <laughs> like, okay, good. But you're still bombing. I mean, overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, man. You won recess. Yeah, you won recess. Dodgeball. Congrats, congrats. Like winning, congrats like people, on winning lunch. <laughs> like when people say, oh, yeah, he won practice. It's like, cool. Yeah. You were the fastest in practice. Doesn't count unless it's on Sunday or Saturday. It does night. count because it pays a lot of bills. But the big check did not go to the 12 where I thought he was my preseason pick of like every test. Ryan was the fastest. Whether we go to Charlotte road course oval where I mean they were the he, fastest he ha- at the track they were they were the fastest he they, had the speed they just couldn't the close first quarter of the year he was on every pole felt like everyone he's the anti-closer yeah the opener yeah he's will. the opener he opens the door for anybody else that wants to take the dub here I you mean, go I'll take the two stage wins here you go I don't really want the last one if you look at he started the beginning of the year finished second not quite second, but he finished and well. Look, to be he had a shot at the five hundred. Take the five hundred out of it because his teammate fenced him. Just saying, you you start the year with the five hundred in that situation. You end the year running second to your teammate in a car that was probably fast enough that you could have gotten there. It's too nice. Ryan Blaney's too nice. I said it for years. I'd say B minus. Oh, um, that's a gracious. It because he's. Still, I feel like. He still performed. He was there. He just couldn't close. I feel like Ryan Blaney was like the smartest kid in class who just never did his homework and never executed on a test and got like a C, just barely enough to get by. That's what I, that's what I think. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, he's the smartest kid in class. He's going he's gonna to go whoopee on the dodgeball court in, in recess, but when it comes down to laying a heater down and scoring a 98 on a test, he's just going to get you like a 75 and keep him moving. So until somebody can shake them and get them to put some effort down and close it, I don't know what I don't know what you need to do. Sports psychologist, because Ryan has the ability. I don't know why he can't get in victory lane and get that twelve card deep in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I'm they stumped. Went, he didn't get into victory lane, but he did go right relatively deep in right the playoffs. So I mean, even with all of that, he was in a position that he could have could have been there, but he wasn't. Which is why I go with the B minus. Well, he wrecks at Vegas. Yeah. Stepped on it there, stuffed it in the fence. He wrecked where? At where else? He spun at uh where do we go after Vegas? At Homestead. Homestead. Downshifted. Yeah. Two brain farts on two pop quizzes that yanked him up out of contention for a championship. It's just like downshift. Hey, downshifting the sequential shift. I still I still don't get it. I think you just push it the opposite way. I I guess, yeah. I guess that's how it works. But it's so bizarre to me. It's so no, I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't disagree. I also was wondering, did you wear your varsity jacket because we were giving out grades today? This one? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like a No, because I just like this jacket a lot. Anybody else? One last one. One last one. Uh, I mean, do we go with the you know elephant in the room? Where do you, where do you rate the seven car? Oh, I, had a, I had a piss poor year, I think. I had some highlights. I had a decent pop quiz. 
here and there, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you had a lot of things going for you off the track. Put it that way. Yeah. Thanks. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> where would you? I would where give, would you grade your your season? He's an A in a life D, and a D on the racetrack. A D. A D. D plus. Man, I'd have gone with a C. No, there was dude. There was a the stretch during the summer. We had nine mechanical failures in a row. Whether I stuck the thing in the fence, I I probably made three mistakes throughout the course of the year. Darlington stuffed one in the fence. Been a tolling somewhere else, huh? Oh, Charlotte well, did it twice. Well, I can't help a left rear tire blowing, trying to kill myself twice. Um, I think that it was a very trying and learning experience for our team, and it really exposed our weaknesses. Being with a new car, we had four or five steering pump issues or steering rack issues. It just really exposed uh, our weaknesses as a team, just from how the big teams can assemble a car, find out what the weak links are, and not have any problems and we learned them all the hard way and also not even counting how meticulous the setups are and how small the gains are and if you're willing to go try to get the risk of putting more camber in taking air out how much more grip it makes we just couldn't afford to push that boundary so i think that we're going to continue to step closer to where we think we can find some speed but it was a pretty underwhelming year in my department let me give you five rapid fire guys yeah just off the top okay say the name Tell me your grade. Yeah. Kyle Busch. C minus, D plus. I was going to say C even. Tyler Reddick. A. B plus. Daniel Suarez. B. B. Martin Truex Jr. D, D plus. <laughs> it seems like he doesn't want to be at the racetrack. Yeah. And then William Byron. B. B minus. Yeah, B minus. Give, really? me, give me a couple more. I like the rapid fire. You like the rapid fire? Yeah. All right. Uh, Chase Briscoe? We kind of touched on him. B plus. Okay. I'd go B minus. Austin Cindric. C. He won the Daytona 500. Yeah, so you're but an A minus. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like sure. It's it. You're getting a. You got a hundred on the first exam of the year, and then you just tapered off from there. And we're relevant the rest of the season. Still, your Daytona 500 champion. Yeah, but he wasn't in contention to run to like you thought that he'd be good with all of his road course experience to contend for road course races. He wasn't even in the picture. Eric Jones. A minus. Agree. Michael McDowell. A minus. Uh, I give him a B plus. I'm interested to see. Side note, I'm interested to see. Front Row Motorsports losing Blake Harris because old Blake was not scared to get after it in terms of pushing the gray area. Yep. There's a reason why he's going to the big house. I'm interested to see how much Blake Harris's impact and loss will affect Front Row going forward. Let's look at two rookies, and then let's wrap it up. So the 21 Harrison Burton. C minus. If I give myself a D plus, I think he had a half a notch better year than I did. And then 38 of Todd Gilliland. D minus. Now it's hard to compare the 34 with Blake and the, do those guys do the tricks and the and the 38s getting a box stock car. Who knows? But uh, definitely a welcome to the Cup series Cup series experience for both of those two guys. Can't wait for that yearbook to come out so everybody can get the autograph signed and keep in touch. I'm not going to ask you to sign my yearbook, Chuck. Uh, Chuck's somebody... the guy that like does the whole sign your crack thing at the. <laughs> no, I just re- remember the <laughs> yeah, Alamo, and then the... we were out the door. Well, that, uh, well, somebody who I would ask to sign my yearbook would be uh, Steve O'Donnell, because he. I mean, I feel like he's just a teacher of another class that you're. You were the guy that got to. the teachers to sign your yearbook. Only the ones I knew were going to say something nice about me. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what Steve O'Donnell's got to say coming up right after this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys, like we mentioned before the break, we are joined by the Chief Operating Officer of NASCAR right here on Stacking Pennies, Mr. Steve O'Donnell. Welcome to the show. How are you guys, man? Thanks for having me. Sorry I'm not in person. Uh, we'll, We'll make it up next time for sure. There's always an open seat, especially Jonathan's, uh, for whenever you want to come in, we'll kick him out. But uh, You're saying I can take him? You can definitely take him. I think I just concede, to be honest with you. <laughs> come, come on down, Steve. It's a smart move. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> What's, uh, well, we just finished a, from everybody's perspective, I think a really great season, 19 different winners. Uh, Joe Logano bookends the season, L.A. Clash win, championship win. From the inside, what was your – perspective on the year man it was uh it felt like 10 years Corey. it was it was pretty crazy I think um you know you, you go from uh the high of you know even the Coliseum right can we even race in there let alone doing it with a new race car um and then you guys pulled off a, a hell of a show I thought you know everybody really happy kicking off the year and so we were on a pretty good run and then we had some challenges you know certainly around the safety stuff that, that we're still working through um, so for us, it was, you know, it was hard to kind of celebrate much other than the fact that, you know, most of the time, you know, the races were really good. I mean, we got the best guys in the world out there competing and a lot of door to door action. So, you know, that, that was great, but, uh, it was great just to get to the finish line in, in Phoenix also, and kind of put a wrap on, on the season and then go try and make improvements on the stuff that, that we can control. So you mentioned the things you can control, right? There's certain there's a lot more levers on this next gen car for NASCAR as a league to kind of pull, whether it's competition, whether it's safety. Uh, let's shelf the safety talk for a minute because that's yep. been the buzzword. We're working on rear clips. We're working on headrest surrounds. Uh, everybody's been pretty transparent to that. But on the competition side, seems like short tracks and road courses have just been yeah. a sticking point with the fan bases. Now, I have my theories, but what is the direction – that you guys would like to see this next gen car go competitively. Yeah, I, I agree with the fans. So, so you look at, um, you know, small body work, right? We didn't have that many races. So, so, but you take Martinsville, for instance, and you know the thing that caught my eye, and and you heard this from uh, you know, BJ, even like you know, good race car driver, right? But he's he's a lap down, uh, and he's able to hold off the leader, I think, for but you know, fifty laps, right? Just kind of shifting and, and getting off, getting off the gas, and and that's a problem for us. So if you, if you got a good car and you're out there and you're able to pass guys, you should be able to do that. And so we looked at what's happening at short tracks. Uh, you look at the brakes on the road courses; they're so good. 
Um, so this car is different for sure, um, but it presents some challenges on both short tracks and road courses. So we're looking at a lot of things around the aero, um, certainly looking at some things around the tires, but you know, that's going to be our big focus in the off season is, is both road courses and short tracks for sure. Well, there's been a big project Hendrick Motorsports is kind of developing, but also the Garage 56 going to Le Mans next yeah. year. And in some of the meetings, we've heard that there are some aero benefits from the Gen or the G56 car that we might try to implement on our cars. Are we, yep. What sort of direction are we trying to go with the aero gains and losses from that car to our car? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it's going to be around the underbody of the car. So, you know, for Le Mans, we've got to take a ton of weight out of that car and we got to look at some different things, still be safe. Um, but there's a lot of things we've looked at in the wind tunnel uh, that we found on that car that I think we can try for, you know, fairly inexpensive way to go about it, um, particularly on the short track. So you'll see us most likely go test something up in Richmond. I appreciate you volunteering to, to go up there with us uh, and make that happen. So, uh, but I, I think there's going to be some good things, at least, you know, from what we've seen already, wind tunnel and a lot of the SIM data, it looks really good uh, in terms of getting rid of some of the challenges as we've seen, um, particularly on the, on the, uh, on the short tracks. And then, you know, ultimately we got to look at shifting, um, you know, and, and do we want to eliminate that? How can we work with the engine builders uh, to improve upon that also? So the car obviously has been deemed next gen right now. It's this gen because it was yep. next gen when we we're developing. Now we race it for a year. Now it's just the car. The car. Yes. What is the next gen of the current car now with the EV push with the way the, the racing is going, it seems almost like an EV push is softened up a bit. Cause we heard a little bit about an EV yeah. series. We might try a couple different times. What's the direction, the future direction of the current car. Yeah. So let, let's look at just the current car in general, right? You, you guys are all so damn good at, at finding everything, right? Horsepower arrow. Um, and so our job for the most part, you know, going into 23 and even 24 is, is trying to limit a lot of those gains as much as we can. Um, you know, that's the game, right? The, the teams are going to go out, the best engineers of the world and try and find things. But the reason we put this car in place was, was to make it so that we had multiple drivers winning. And if we start to see it go in a direction where, you know, one team's just absolutely dominating, I don't think we've done our job. So it's going to be key now that we've got a year under our belts uh, to make sure that we're continuing to dial that in so that everybody can go out there and feel like they got a shot once they, they unload off the truck. And then as you, as you look at, you know, where we're going in the future, um, you know, a lot of talk on EV, particularly because that comes from a lot of the OEMs, but you know, for us, we got to be all things to all people. And at the end of the day, we got to be entertaining and people want to show up and they want to go to an event and they want to have fun. And, you know, what I've seen, at least around EV racing so far, um, you know, there's maybe some fun off track, but the, the racing is not that. And so, you know, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, if we're going to be in that space, how do we do it? What's the look and feel of the car? Um, so we're building kind of a mule car, so to speak, and, and we'll beat it up a little bit, see what we can learn. But we're also going to be looking at, you know, hydrogen space, alternative fuels, all kinds of things, because because we got to be on the forefront of that and not just put all our eggs in, in one basket. You guys have been on the forefront of adjusting the schedule in terms of flexibility, moving different 
dates from certain markets, adding going back to North Wilkesboro, going to the street circuits of Chicago. We've heard rumblings of now there's other cities picking up the phone and calling us, wanting to line up some street races. Is there any particular market that we're not in at the moment that we really are looking towards, whether it's international or domestic? I think you'd, um, I think domestic, you'd probably look at the, the Northwest and, and Colorado, you know, if you get Denver, Seattle, you know, there's a reason we went out to Portland just to see, you know, what the turnout would be for us. Um, you know, we had an Xfinity race in the pouring rain and, and people showed up and it was, it was pretty cool. So that market would be big for us. And then certainly Canada, uh, you know, we've always had a stock car series up there. We went Montreal with the, you know, the former Bush series, um, and, and one of the things that, you know, I kind of learned going up there this year was, you know, we didn't bring cup. So, so we haven't necessarily brought, you know, the cup series to Canada or the cup series to Mexico. So there's a lot of interest from both those places, Mexico city, Guadalajara, Monterey, you know, they're all talking to us, um, Montreal, Toronto. So there's, there's a lot of interest. I think the key for us is going to be, how do we balance this? I mean, you grew up on short tracks, our fans love short tracks. So, you know, we don't want to turn it into a, a 30 race road course schedule, right? So we got to balance, you know, where we're going to take a race and what kind of racetrack we're going to, we're going to migrate that to. Are there any ovals international or places? I mean, whether it be Kern County out in Bakersfield, California, yeah. like are there short tracks or even there's a, there's a track, there's an oval track in Chihuahua, Mexico. Like are there ovals that you guys look yeah. across the world at be like, Oh, we might be able to race there. Yeah, no, there's not a lot, but that's a good question. So Mexico, for sure, um, they'd have some work to do around, you know, kind of the infrastructure and, you know, just different things going on. But there's a couple of cool places from an oval standpoint, you know, Brands Hatch over in in England. um, It was a road course, but it's got a little bit of an oval oval feel to it, Um, kind of our style of racing. That would be pretty cool, too. And then, you know, who knows with the Coliseum, you know, that. There's not a lot of stadiums in the U.S. just because they want that Olympic style. But, you know, you start going to Europe and some other places and you could see that, uh, you know, I wouldn't say in the immediate future, but there's some things we can do. And and the challenge for us, but it's also a huge opportunity. You are a marketing guy, started as such, and now you've kind of transitioned to almost the probably drinking out of more of a competition hose than you want to at the moment with the developing the next gen car, but you yeah. found your way back into the track side stuff, just as much as the competition side with fan engagements, with hospitality outside the track. What, what's the direction of trying to make a NASCAR race more of an event? Like we're used to seeing, whether it be football game, fair, yeah, F1 yeah. race. No, you, you nailed it. I think that's our biggest opportunity is, you know, we've, we, uh, we hired Michael Verlotti, who's a really good dude. Um, we worked together for, for a long, long time. And he came back and is really looking at what do we got to do? He's gone to all kinds of different events and said, all right, here's what we do well. Uh, and here's what we got to change. And, you know, as you know, Corey Racing, you know, driver introductions have been the same every, every year, right? The fan zone has been the same. So just enhancing all those things of what can we do to make it fun again? Um, you know, how do we get things where the fans want to come and certainly watch the race, but our fans spend a lot of time at the track. So what else can we do to entertain them? And, you know, Michael's already made some good changes um, to, to what we're going to see, you know, for next year, especially, and, and then getting some folks maybe outside the sport who've never been uh, to come sample NASCAR, promote it a little bit for us and, and talk to people about, you know, why they should come out to the races. 
you over the course of your NASCAR career have you've been the one that sticks your neck out for a lot of the competition changes, stages, playoff formats. Um, I mean, on down the list where you're the guy that has to answer to the media, how and what potentially do you see going forward? Cause we're always trying to change the format to try to keep people's interest, keep it fresh, keep it moving, stay up to date on the cutting edge of entertainment. Do, are you pretty happy with the overall competitive package that NASCAR presents right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. You know, we get, we get accused probably rightly so, right. Of, you know, so many changes and constant change. And, and there's the, uh, I don't want to say old school view, but, but, you know, it's with short track view of, Hey, just race for points all year long and call it a day, get rid of the playoffs, get rid of stages, you know, that kind of coupled with, all right, you know, what would our races look like in the final 10? How would they be different? Um, you know, do you have different you know guys going after it maybe um, or, or, or different strategies in a race based on the format we have now. And I, I'd kind of, I'd kind of punt a little bit on that Corey and say, I think we got a really good, time right now with with you guys and the driver core to 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 sit down you know during the off season and and part of next year and just say hey what's working um what could we do different um that you guys see what do you like what do you not like Uh, because it's it's kind of it's been there for a little bit now so we're seeing all right here's how guys race here's some different strategies but you know let's take a look at it as a whole um, and have that dialogue instead of just coming to the drivers and saying hey here's here's the format let's go racing uh, I think it's an opportunity for us to to sit down and, and beat it up a little bit and, and throw out some some new ideas. So there was several heated opinions of Ross's move in Martinsville. <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, and that son of a went to a place that nobody's ever been to before, and it paid off for him. Yep. Now I could see. You know, there's been talk because Martinsville of all places is probably the most advantageous. There might be three or four you can justify doing it in the right scenario, which people can say they're going to do it, but they probably wouldn't. What is the process in which you NASCAR as a league addresses the drivers or car owners or just internally and makes a rule for or against or just addresses that happening again? Yeah, you were in you were in that fun meeting in in Phoenix. That was uh, there's certainly a lot of loud. Hang on, hang on. Could I um, let me just tell you my perspective of this meeting? I'm literally in the middle, so (laughs) like I'm literally right in the middle. Like if there's five rows, I'm literally in the middle row, middle seat. Od and the brass are up on the front right, and there was I was stuck in the crosshairs of words back and (laughs) forth. Right, people saying no, this, whatever. And I look over my shoulder and Ross Chastain is in the furthest seat in the back row opposite of the brass with a plate of spaghetti. And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and people that are was... up in arms. Dude, I, that picture, that, that, that mental image of Ross Chastain eating that plate of spaghetti while people were up in arms saying how BS it was, was awesome. He was, yeah, he, he, had, he didn't have a care in the world, right? He's just sitting back there eating. And I was like, this is unbelievable. That, um, no, I, I think, you know, for us, look, certainly a lot of passion in that room. Um, I, the biggest thing that we got to look at going forward is, you know, I think even if you ask Ross, right, when, you know, what happened, he made that move and incredible. I mean, the guts it took to do that, but you know, I think he'd also tell you that it didn't feel too good either. Um, and so are we are we going to force guys in that position? Do we want to do that? Or are there some things we can do 
um, particularly on Martinsville, that that would stop that from happening. So, you know, we'll we'll look at that. I think that's going to be us with a lot of the race teams and, and talking about, you know, what's the reality of that happening at what tracks um, and then do we want it? So a little bit of a little bit of me kicking the can, but I think you'll see us react in some way um, to, to do something particularly around Martinsville. So you also, when you came in, uh, you were with the All-American Series and and certainly have a heart for the short track roots of it because strong roots uh, ultimately yes, affect how successful we are at the top. I believe there's a little bit of a disconnect right now between the Cup Series and like your NASCAR Whalen All-American Series, right? Or your Modified Series. Yep. How, in your best judgment, do you think you can try to bridge that gap and get local fans and drivers supporting the big series and vice versa. So I, I think we can do all we can, but, but we're going to need some help from, from you guys candidly. And it's that relationship of guys who've come up through that short track uh, are relatable um, when they're on camera on Saturday, Sunday, they're talking about where they came from uh, and fans understand that. And I think, you know, not tooting your horn cause you're here, but you do that and, and fans appreciate that. And we've got to do a better job from our standpoint, showing those relationships and, and where drivers came from um, showing some of those grassroots races around our national broadcasts as well. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think it comes from the entire industry, just, you know, recognizing that on a Sunday, you know, when you're interviewed, uh, any one of us, right, talking about how we got here, um, why we got here, uh, and thanking those people who, you know, probably were racing Saturday and Sunday, you know, working on their cars all night long and then tuning in on Sunday and would probably like a thank you for, for being a race fan. A lot of shift coming to the sport over the next couple of years. Obviously, all the focus uh, is on the new TV contract because that's yep. essentially the lifeblood of the sport. But besides that because right now everybody's like oh the tv deal tv deal that's on the horizon for sure what are some other things that people might not understand or realize that have as much of an impact on the future of the sport and the trajectory of the sport besides the tv contract in addition to the yeah TV i think, think a couple things um you know one of the biggest move uh, needle movers we have are the, are the guys holding the wheel um you know people People like to, to believe in, in, you know, their heroes. And, and so getting the crop of drivers and the, the dr young drivers that we have, I think we got a good mix with some veterans and some guys coming up, showing a little more personality. That's on us, right, to work on the financial model so, so drivers are able to be themselves more. Um, and if they can do that, I think that's a huge opportunity for the sport. OEMs, I think, you know, we've got to get – we've been – you know, pretty aggressive. It's been a challenge, but if we can get one or two new OEM partners, um, you know, to the owners and, and to the race teams, that'd be really big for us. Uh, having them go out and and promote uh, different race teams and different drivers in their ad campaigns uh, for sure. And then you know, I think you're seeing a little bit more, you know, particularly on Trackhouse. You guys do a good job as well of, you know, it was a race team, but it's also, you know, a little bit of an entertainment company, right? That, that you branch out and, and you do some things differently. And, and, you know, you have a podcast, you know, it's not just, you know, throwing a label on a, on a car and going racing. There's a lot of different things with celebrities and your friends and family who come into the racetrack. So seeing a little bit more of that too, is a big opportunity for us. You touched on something I always love to talk about, and it's a bit of a buzzword on Reddit. And it's new OEM because uh -oh. everybody likes the renderings yeah. of the Dodge Chargers and this and that. Yep. What are – because I'm 
like I feel like I have somewhat of understanding of like the red tape goes into when you're trying to sell a manufacturer on why they should invest their money in the sport. Like, what is it besides the if it makes sense with a C that like is the roadblocks or red tape to get through to convince another OEM to come in? Yeah, the the biggest thing you know, number one is cost, um, particularly around the engine package that we have right now. Um, it's a huge investment, you know, that you've, you've got to make in terms of the development and then, you know, who's going to make that and what's going to happen. Uh, certainly now you're seeing, um, you know, all the technology that's going into the sport with SIM and, you know, so what investment will you need to make there? So part of our job is, is to try and, you know, kind of put a box around that as much as possible, still, still make it cool. Um, but make it so a new OEM wants to come in. And, and then the biggest one really, Corey, is, is what, what's under the hood. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are going electric, you know, or, or they want to pursue hybrid or hydrogen. And, you know, so our job is to, to kind of, you know, thread the needle and, and get to the right place to where we can bring a couple in and, and have some different technologies showcase, maybe not in cup, but, you know, Xfinity truck cup all weekend, we can show some different technologies under the hood of a, of a truck or a car uh, and have it be a place where a fan can come out and see all different kinds of racing. How likely are we to see a new manufacturer coming in the next five years? That's a tough question. Um, I, I think there's, there's certainly interests. So, you know, I, we are having conversations right now uh, with, with an OEM. So, you know, I'd like to say likely, uh, but it's, it's tough. You know, at the end of the day for us, you know, it's, it's great if you want to be in the electric space, but we want to be entertaining, right? We're a sport. We want to make sure our fans come out there and, and love what they see, and, and we got to balance that. That's definitely a tough spot because you also don't want to be labeled as the dinosaur series with in, internal yeah. combustion engines, right? So yep. how do you try to stay on the cutting edge of technology where a lot of guys are going EV, but you need also the manufacturers to spend money in the sport to market? Yep. Yeah, no, you got it. That, that's where we got to kind of try and be all things to all people. Right? And, and what's what's really unique is you can go to one OEM two years ago and you'll hear if you guys aren't going hybrid, I'm out. And that same OEM, you know, six months later, if, if you're not, I don't want to go hybrid. If you're not EV, I'm out. And it's it's changing so quickly. Um, and then, you know, you've got all the other technologies out there where, you know, there's some cool things in the works where, you know, we thought would be way, way off in the future that might be a little bit easier to, to pull off. So, you know, I think we can get there. It's, you know, it's going to take a lot of research and a lot of work, but, but we got a lot of smart people in the industry who can help pull that off. No doubt. Well, obviously you're not a race car driver. You watch them a lot on the weekends and sometimes you take uh, yelling back and forth with a driver. So you can associate with this question. I usually ask if you had to pick one race car and one race track, what do you pick the rest of your life? I'm going to change the question for you. All right. All right. If you had to build one racetrack and put it in a market that we don't go to, what kind of racetrack would you build and where do you put it? Oh, man. Oh, that's a great question. I would uh, – man, I just love Daytona, but, but I would say – that's because of the history. So, but if I had to build one, I'd build a short track. I'd build a Bristol um, and I'd build it right in the middle of New York city. Central park, central park exactly with a dome right. on it. Yes. 
I'd have three. I'd go because our fans are everywhere. I'd go. I'd go New York City. I'd go in the middle of the U.S. somewhere. I don't care if it's cornfield with a short track, no walls, no anything. Just show up, you know, field of dreams race, and then I'd go one out west. All right. Where out west? Where out west would you go? Hmm. Well, we got the most fans in California, which I know no one believes, but uh, so I'd probably uh, probably go out there. I'd go to San Diego. Yes. Might as well just move it on South Tijuana. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> get, the, get the Mexican fans. That'd be the, perfect. American, yes. That'd be perfect. Half, here we go. Half in Tijuana, yep. half in the United States. I like That's that. That's a racetrack, like that. boys. Yep. Could get the a little bit hairy. We need to do. We, yeah, we need to get you in a race. We need to just drive across the U.S. Get 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 20 cars and right, just hey, cannonball run. Yeah. And when you Bring get pulled over, say, OD said I can do it. <laughs> that won't help you, man. And then last question, <laughs> probably would. Uh, last question. What's the most embarrassed you've been at the racetrack? Oh, man. Most embarrassed I've been at the racetrack. Um, God, that's a really good question. Um, I, you know what it was? I used to have to do all the driver's meetings, and uh, I had to introduce the celebrities. And um, what's the guy from old school? He's got a brother. Luke Wilson. Yeah. So is, is oh, Luke Owen Wilson. Okay. So Which Owen was out in Sonoma and, uh, I decided to ad lib because I saw that we had Wilson and I said, you know, which I should never do. And I was like, Hey man, loved you in old school, <laughs> hell of a job. And I turned around and I was like, Oh no, that's the wrong guy. And there was no recovery from that one. So <laughs> I, that, was, that was a pretty tough one. I got a lot of grief. And then Ken just used to text me every driver's meeting that I made up some word that I, I won't divulge, but he would text me in the middle of talking every single driver's meeting, which was a fantastic move. <laughs> but you said he did at Martinsville. There's an inside joke down the show. We'll fill you in on that later. But uh, right. <laughs> OD, uh, have some fun other in New York City. Have a great off season. I appreciate you jumping on, uh, stacking pains with us. Hey, man, appreciate you and all you guys do for the sport, man. Have a good off season, bud. Y'all too. Hey, NASCAR fans, ever wonder what it would be like if delicious could also be healthy? Built Bars are exactly that. The best taste in protein bars in protein history. The texture of a Built Bar is like no other. Soft, never gritty or chalky. Best of all, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built has just launched five of their best tasting bars yet. Cookie Dough Bar and Coconut Brownie Bar, as well as three seasonal flavors, Candy Cane Brownie Bar, Candy Cane Brownie Puff, and White Chocolate Peppermint Granola. At Built, we know how important high-quality protein is for everyone to maintain a healthy, active life. Our goal is to make this an easy, healthy, and delicious experience. You gotta try this. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we're back. Thanks for Steve-O for joining the show. Hope you all enjoyed that. You know what? I'm pumped up this week because we have some trivia. Woo-woo. They don't give it to me enough, but I love me some trivia. So, Chuck, what do we got now that seasons are over? They can tickle my fancy with some trivia. Well, I, you know, we, we got coming up in, then what, a week or two, it's going to be the NASCAR championship banquet stuff in Nashville. Yes. And, you know, one of the awards that they hand out there is the most popular driver award. Yes, it is. Because the voting ends for that on November 30th at 12 p.m. Okay. Make sure I'll get it in. I've been seeing some people. I appreciate all the votes on that. Go to NASCAR.com forward slash most say, popular driver. I, like, I don't think it's going to get the job done this year. What, I you feel think like it's gonna we're going to have – I think we're going to have a pretty tight race between Clyde Elliott and Roswick Chastain. I think Ross is going to take it. Oh, my God. Stop. Based he off, might get within 40,000 votes. Based off of my extensive polling and research in Phoenix when we were in the barn. Shut up. No. When we were in the barn – to do the interview, the the the, when the we, on location when we, when we asked everybody's like their yes. cheer for the chance. That was the loudest cheer. The loudest cheer went to Ross Chastain. Here's where I think he could run Over into Chase trouble. Uh, Chase's fans will Are vote rabid. every yes. day. Yes. They'll set an alarm. Yes. There's probably, there's probably the majority of fans don't even watch the races, and since they just voted for Bill 35 years ago, they just keep voting for Clyde. And the thing that might hurt Ross is on Sunday, he and Chase got together. So those Chase fans that might have been like, you know what? I'm going to give him one for this one. No, Chase fans would never. They would never. They would, they would never. never no, no they would never cheat on Clyde. No, they wouldn't do me. that. No, they might acknowledge like, hmm, I don't not like Ross. Oh, yeah, he just wrecked our guy. Uh, we're going to go. Double down. Anyways, you could Double say down. the whole thing in Phoenix is trivial. Let's get to our questions. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, all right. Most popular driver trivia. Who was first presented the most popular driver award? Oh, and wow. what year? Um, Ooh, I'll, I'll f- Richard Petty. Eh. Bill. Eh. Darrell Walter. Eh. Was it in the 70s? No. It was in 1949. Oh. Really? Yes. Was it red? No. Hang on, one more, was, one more I think it was gold, the trophy usually. Is no, 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 oh, no, you're no, talking no. about Red Byron. Yeah, he's Red Byron. Red Byron. Um, but so wasn't that oh, 1949. Well, uh, from, Tim, Tim, uh, from, from Floyd County, Virginia. Floyd County. Uh, was it one of the Wood Brothers? Nope. Yeah. No. Curtis Turner. Curtis Turner. Huh. Son of a biscuit. Yeah. How did they vote back then? Carrier um, pigeon. Like, did you see, yeah, did you tie your note to the leg of a pigeon? box stops you had to like peel off a box stop of like a cereal thing and write on it like yeah. this is my driver mail it to the streamline mail it yeah to the streamline bill bill france <laughs> senior tabulated everything yes. i don't know yeah. how many drivers have received the award over under 10 over 12 over 10 
12. Okay, 15. 12. I'm going to go 15. It's over 15. Damn it. 20. 20. Curtis Turner, Lee Petty, Tim Flock, Fireball Roberts, Glenn Wood, Jack Smith, Rex White, Joe Weatherly, Richard Petty, Fred Lorenzen, Daryl Derringer, Kel Yarborough, Bobby Isaac, Bobby Allison, David Pearson, Bill Elliott, Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Chase Elliott. Who holds the record for most awards, and what years did he earn them? Bill's got 14, I thought. More than that. 18. 16. 16. So, I don't know. It's between Bill and Dale Jr. No, yes. Bill's got... Bill's Bill has got one more than Dale Jr. So, Bill Elliott won from 84 to 88, and then 91 to 2000. 2001, Dale Earnhardt Sr. I wonder who award. threw him off the... St- the throne for a year or two. Dale Senior. Oh, did he? In yeah, 01. that was in oh one. Oh, when he passed away. Is that the only time Dale Senior won? Um, I don't know. I think I I I feel like that was the only time he won. I could be completely wrong and making that up, but well, I, I mean, feel like that's you, the only when time. When you won. look at it, I mean, Bill dominated that that yeah. time. So, um, and then uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has fifteen consecutive, oh three to seventeen, and Chase sure. Elliott has four in a row, eighteen to twenty one. Does he get there? Chase, yeah. If he wants to race that long, yeah. I don't think so. I don't know, man. You don't. Do you think people are going to start to not like him? I, if he doesn't show his face outside of the racetrack any more than he does, I think that people are going to kind of build a brand. Dude, the aviation community is huge. Sure. I just, I, I think somebody can make a run for the money. Because the thing, the thing the that show. his dad had going for him were some of those commercials back in the 80s and 90s that became, like, iconic. Like, Well, the thing Bill had going for him, too, is that's awesome, Bill, Bill had to show up and drive a race car. He didn't have Twitter and TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, I think Ross is a serious contender this year for that. I disagree. He might get close. I mean, hey, them Dawsonville fans, they don't mess around. I can just tell you. The the reach and scope of that move he pulled at Martinsville is a lot bigger than Dawson. If, yeah. if he had gone on to win the championship this year, if he had won in Phoenix after pulling that move, I, I would say that, yes, he does that. I agree. Um, but I don't think that he will unseat that, he, Chase this year. I'm just saying, if there's going to be a year, hey, it's hard to trump yeah, that, be the one. that family lineage, Merriman. Talking about family lineage, you see that picture I posted on Instagram yesterday? I did. What you doing? I don't know. Stealing Larson's kids? No, I actually met with Larson about buying his Sprinter van because I'm trying to figure out if the business plan's worth it to get a merch van at the racetrack like 12 to 15 times a year. Hmm. Um, And there's a couple sweet Sprinter vans floating around. Kyle's got one set up for his Sprint cart um, to which his daughter Aubrey was – it's her first – it's like she tested last night at Billenbridge. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at the Sprinter. Her cart was in there. I'm like, oh, I leave I was with me. So I just stuck him in there, and the seat fit perfect. And he's got the wheel, and he's got the steering, the pedals. I'm like, you like it? And he goes, yeah. So I sent a picture to Dad to see what he's going to do with it. What did your Dad say? He gave me the emoji, like, like one of these. Why? <laughs> um, because I told him, hey, if you want to, if you want to race, you got to ask, you got to ask Pepe. Let him buy your first go kart. Dad's not going to buy it. I'll buy tires. I'll get it there. Put it in the truck. Go race. Have fun. But that's opening a can of worms, bro. Open it. What else do you have to do? A podcast? Yeah, I got podcast. Yeah. I got uh, race. I got, I don't know, mountain biking. Pickleball. Ooh, pickleball. Corey LaJoy, 2023 pickleball champion. Maybe we'll change up the kickball classic to the pickleball classic. 
No, I, we got something good going with kickball. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if like the, the commentary for pickleball would be as good. I don't know if I know what pickleball is. It's like tennis, but with pickles. It's like ping pong and tennis mixed. Yeah. You would be a big ping pong guy, or a pickleball guy. I can't play ping pong with the damn dude. Can you play tennis? No. All right, so then you'd be a perfect pickleball player. <laughs> hey, but to put a book in on the most popular driver award, be sure to go on to nascar.com forward slash most popular driver or on your NASCAR mobile app. You can only vote once a day. Mm. For your favorite driver. It's pretty easy on the app. Set an alarm. I've only voted for myself every day. Set an alarm. Vote for Corey. Is that, see is if, that okay see if we to can, do? Uh, there's yeah. no rule against it. I don't think it. there's rules against it. Right? You're a fan of the sport, right? I'm a fan of myself, too. Hey, if you don't, if you can't bet on yourself, yeah. who can bet on If you you're bet. not your own most just popular driver, then what are you doing? Who is your... Who, yeah. uh, if you don't believe in yourself, who's... You got any more cliches we're going to hit? <laughs> who, who, who would Reach you vote Reach for the stars because the stars don't have arms to reach back for you. Okay, that's a great question. Who would you vote for if you weren't in the running? Corey the Joy. Great driver. Great podcaster. Lori Kajoy. Great friend. For. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not that biased, so I would just vote for me. That's what I would do. Okay. Do you ever get mad at yourself in the race car and want to fight yourself when you get out? Uh, I do, yes. I am pretty critical of myself, especially when I make mistakes. You know one of the biggest mistakes this, Chuck, is when I don't put Amish Amish. In I was going to say, your beard's looking very, uh, very good. Very most tell, popular. Like, sheen, can you tell the sheen in the lights? It looks like Jennifer Aniston's hair just on your face. It's perfect. Yes. You know why? It's because they have oils and bombs, Chuck. Do they now? Yes, they do. And they only use organic and natural ingredients in their original recipes. And they're handmade in a small town in Pennsylvania. Do you have any recreation, any battles there in Pennsylvania? I mean, there's a couple in Pennsylvania. There's a lot by. that goes on up there. And, and some of it's in Amish country. And I'm, I'm growing my beard again, so I need to, like, this is the process of the beard that I hate because it's too short. And once it gets, yeah. it's that itchy phase. And it gets a little dry, too. Yeah. That's why you got to make, you got to eliminate that beard itch, man. It's the worst. Can Ahn Stamish help me with that? Absolutely. How? Some bombs, some oils. Waxes. Waxes. Anything you need for that beard, Chuck, they got you because they have premium ingredients and the highest quality products handmade in the USA with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. What more can you ask for? Well, we'll save you all some pennies, 20% off. If you use the code STACKINPENNIES at HONESTAMISH.COM and you will get 20% off your order and free shipping over $35. So go check out Honest Amish, guys. That's what I use in my beard. That's what Chuck's going to use in his beard when it grows back in six hours. Uh, and that's what – I don't know if you use it because your beard's not looking great today. So uh, I had probably, to trim it last night, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I use it. All right, yeah. Yeah, it makes it supple and soft. You need a yes, little bit does. more in your beard. and It's very dry looking right now. Oh, sorry. Mm. Yeah. When are we going to do this again? Like, are we done for the year? Not we... quite. No, I think we have a a, a bonus – Secret Santa episode, maybe, doing for December. <laughs> Merriman's also checking his list and making it twice because he looks like a young Santa Claus right now. No, he looks like a stocking that you hang off a mantle <laughs> with boots on. That's what you look like. I hate you. You need to spray some like yeah. fake snow in your beard. Oh, yeah. You should come in, Dress throw your Santa beard Claus? out for the next the next no, episode and put some stuff in who, it. He, he looks like Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> so so my, wife's grandmother, my wife's grandmother calls me Yukon Cornelius because when my beard grows out, it gets red. We're wrapping up this show. I'm over it, dude. <laughs> I'm over it. Hopefully y'all aren't over it. Apparently not because you know what, Chuck? Round of applause for all of our listeners. One million 
download to the show. That is bizarre. So appreciate all you guys for liking, rating, reviewing, commenting, doing all the things, screaming at us when we're at the racetrack, how much you like stacking pennies. Uh, it means a lot. really does because a million downloads is a lot. Uh, that's a lot of people. It is. A lot of ear holes, Chuck. That is. That's I don't two know. million I'm ear not holes. very good at math, but that's two million ear holes. Double up on the downloads and twice in one ear. For sure. And also, hey, if you guys just want to keep tweeting at us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts. We'll keep some in the bank uh, and we'll get after it. Maybe for our Secret Sand episode. Or maybe the stars can align and I can get new Cup Series team owner Jimmy Johnson on the show. Who knows? We'll keep it coming for you guys. We'll keep working and making this show bigger and better. Shout out to everybody who helps us out in the back. Janie, Hickey. Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson. Punching the ones and twos. And the, and the girl that uh, stamps our parking ticket every week. Give her a shout out. Cat Kearns. Cat. A show. Nick. What about the guy that finished second to Logano in the, Anderson, in the championship? Out. Tim Clark. Ryan Flores. Yeah, the oh, second Ryan place Flores. guy. He's yeah. not here. Yeah, second place guy. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. All the things. Um, holla at me. We'll be on Twitter. Instagram, all things. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. We're also dropping some Corley Joy Johnny Fly Shades, too. So we're getting all the advertisements in. Be on the lookout for that. Dropping Wednesday night. You can find them on johnnyfly.com slash pennies. They got my little signature on them. They got a little Abraham Lincoln pennies on them. Copper lenses. They are chef's kiss nice. Uh, yeah, so go check those out. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Great show today. Great season. I'll talk to y'all later. Goodbye. Goodbye.